Hi everyone, um, welcome to another episode of the Jesus Connect Leaders series. Um, I think you'll really enjoy this one. We've got Matt Cook here today, um, and he is the VP of Business Development for Cash Tech Currency Products, which doesn't sound that exciting, but it's actually, you know, really helping to finance and build the burgeoning cannabis industry in the kind of USA and Canada. So his, his background comes, comes from investment advice, software, and recruitment and digital marketing. And now he's working in another kind of growth field. He's scaled up a number of businesses successfully. Um, so if anyone's interested in that, this is a great one to listen to. Um, and um, had a really, really great chat. So without further ado, here's Matt Cook. Matt, hi, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm very well today, yes. I'm in a in a different venue today, as you may be able to see if you're watching the video, and you usually watch this, not you, but, but our, our listeners. Um, I'm in my mum and dad's house today, so yeah, I've, I've changed my, my, my location. So we're recording from Sirencester, which is a nice part of the UK. And you, Matt, are in, in Toronto, so. I am. Excellent. Um, so yeah, it's great to have Matt uh, on the call today with us on the Leaders Series. Um, he is the, the VP uh, for Business Development for Cash Tech, which is a currency product service over 20 years um, experience in a variety of different industries, which we'll kind of talk through. Um, and one of the reasons we're really kind of interested in kind of getting him on is his experience of being a leader in, in businesses that have kind of set up, that have, you know, progressed to kind of, you know, actually kind of return on investment. And um, we felt that it'd be really interesting for people to kind of hear how that has been done, you know, and some of the, the things that you've kind of learned. So, so Matt, it's great to have you here. Do you want to just tell us a little bit more about your kind of current role and you know, a little bit about your background. Sure. Currently, I work with a company based in uh, Minnesota uh, called Cash sure. Tech. Uh, my role primarily is to focus on the cannabis industry uh, mm -hmm. because of the federal uh, legislation surrounding cannabis in the U.S. It's uh, legal on a state level, not a federal level. So mm -hmm. banking uh, cash and storing cash securely uh, is a major issue. And uh, Kashik was actually a client of one of my former companies, and they asked me to help them uh, scale out this uh, this vertical. Fantastic. So just so just for those who don't really know, so I, th I think this is a U.S. thing, not necessarily a Canada thing. I don't know if this they've got US, different yes. like, rules. A U U.S. thing, but obviously it's. I sound a bit like a, I don't know if you ever watched the film Pulp Fiction, but it's like legal yes. to buy it. <laughs> it's legal to buy it. It's legal to smoke yeah. it. But, <laughs> but um, but so it's. Because obviously the, the what the banks are federal, so they can't touch the money made from it. But it is possible to to have the money and and sell it. So, but it's very yes. difficult to actually invest it, use it, have a proper business running it. Yeah, and every state is is very different. Um, mm. So the first states like California and Colorado, they had major problems. They had to do payroll with cash. Mm. Um, they couldn't right, okay. find a bank to keep it. <clears throat> they had to pay all their suppliers and vendors. Um, some of those problems have been alleviated, uh, partly mm -hmm. because of the, the hardware and the software and the service that we provide. Um, okay. But banking is, is illegal at a federal level. So dealing with the Bank of America or Wells Fargo, um, they won't touch it. Any... Yeah. Um, Pretty much any national firm that uh, that handles the cash cannot touch it. So, which is giving rise to community banks and credit unions that are offering um, cannabis banking services. 
It also made it very difficult for people that, you know, let's say owned a dispensary to get a mortgage um, or a car loan or anything like that. Um, even though the businesses themselves were doing very well, they had a lot of cash. No one would finance equipment, uh, inventory. They couldn't bank it. Um, and yet they had to, uh, they have to store cash to pay federal taxes um, for for when the federal government eventually does come calling, uh, wow. all while trying to stay out of jail. So it's a very interesting <laughs> uh, dynamic in, in the U.S. And, and like I said, every state is, is different, uh, which is what kind of attracted me to the opportunity. Um, mm. And I get to work with a lot of great partners uh, across the U.S. Uh, to help basically um, this major problem, which is uh, a lot of cash. And I guess part of that is, you know, the, the 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 problem there is obviously what they're trying to do is obviously the government is trying to kind of create a set of situations to decriminalize something that people use. But right. by keeping it all cash, you're basically setting it up to stay criminalized because what do people do if they don't they, if they can't put it in the bank and they have cash, they need someone to look after them. And generally that probably puts them back in the hands of the criminals, isn't it? So, well, it, it, exactly right. And mm -hmm. so part of the solution that we sell are these mm -hmm. 1200 pound machines that will uh, count, validate and store currency. Um, right, okay. So that yeah. if a dispensary gets robbed, uh, it's very difficult to actually get at the cash. Um, and we've seen, you know, an increase to your point, uh, of robberies and things like that at the local dispensary level in a lot of States, because yeah. they don't have access to, um, the service we provide. Now, what's interesting about this for me, because obviously I look back for your background, like, you know, investment advisor, yes. you know, VP Salesforce, obviously you've run a, a successful recruit business as well. So I think. What's, what's kind of interesting to me is the my first question is, is I reckon this probably wasn't something in 20, 2007, if someone had said you're going to be doing this, that you'd have said, yeah, yeah, I, I see that in the life plan. That's, you know, you're obviously doing well in it. And it's obviously, a, you know, but would you say, would you say yes to that? Just out of interest? hundred <laughs> percent. Um, <laughs> yeah, my career has taken a lot of different turns. Um, <laughs> and I think it's probably because of a philosophy that I have, which is, you know, just kind of keeping your perceptive screen open for opportunities um, right, okay, and yeah. being and being continuously uh, curious. Right. Yeah. A okay. lot of the business ventures I've gotten into is because I was curious about why a particular, you know, industry or product or service mm. was being done the way it was done and questioning, mm. is there a better way? Is there a different way to do it? Mm. Yeah. 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 And then I think, you know, that's that, that, that element of, and um, that element of like being curious is really interesting because obviously that enables you to move between different, you know, industries, different types of sectors and still be successful because you're open to these opportunities, which I think is, is really key. But then the other question I have was, you know, as you kind of come into this, from what I'm hearing is that obviously the, maybe the, if you're, if you're the VP of business development in this area, then probably the people that you're selling to, are slightly different to the people that you might have sold to before. So for instance, you know, you're selling to kind of, you know, owner managers, small kind of establishments, whereas before you've been like kind of a, you know, Salesforce, you know, 
So you're selling to, to, to IT managers of major corporates, right? It's a very different kind of background. We'll put, we'll put uh, Matt's, uh, you know, uh, career stuff in the link so you can check this on the thing. But so which, did you have to kind of retrain yourself or did you use the same, you know, same kind of you know, sales leadership skills that you already had and, and just move them into a new industry? Yeah, I think, you know, each stage of my career taught me something different that can be transferable. Um, I think one of the biggest, um, you know, just talking on the recruiting side uh, for a little bit, uh, the big one of the biggest mistakes I see companies make is thinking that, oh, I need someone with industry experience in order to sell, you know, my product or service. Everyone thinks that their, you know, product or their industry is unique. And the reality is it comes down to a company or a person has a problem and you have a solution, does it solve their problem? And then it's really um, following the same set of principles in terms of uncovering what that real need is and do you have a solution that's going to solve it for them at a price that makes sense? That's it at the end of the day. And I've been able to you know, basically transfer that same skill set from in investment management to recruiting to digital marketing now to cannabis and who knows what it will be next yeah, who knows? Um, <laughs> you know but i i i find that uh making connections with people um and connecting the dots that are hard for some people to see is really my my strength and mm. and, and then presenting that solution yeah yeah and did you when you kind of came into that do you generally set yourself a you know list of to do three month plan six month plan you know bringing people together you know again just kind of interested because it's such a, a different thing to kind of come into you know how, how did you how did you set yourself up i i always find it hard and i used to try to set you know three six twelve mm -hmm. five year plans um and i never seemed to and i would always look back and go wow i wasn't even close to where i thought i might be mm -hmm. um and again it just i think it comes down to you have to constantly especially nowadays you have to constantly be reassessing what you're doing are we focusing on the right things on the right markets mm -hmm. on the right you know, on the right products, on the right services at the right time. And if you're not constantly reevaluating that, um, you can miss opportunities. And in some cases they can be really big opportunities. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's key, isn't it? You know, it's kind of, you know, constant reevaluation so that, you know, you, you, you know, where you're going, but you know, things change, you know, circumstances change, economy changes, you know, in your world, I guess, legal changes as well. Yes. You know, they could, they could quite quickly, they could quite quickly kind of mess up your business, although it might help the pieces. They said, okay, now you can bank with the federal banks and they're like, oh, okay. So then you'd have to, that's, that, that would be a, an issue, I guess, to, to, to kind of react to kind of very quickly, if you know what I mean. But, um, but right. I guess you, you think about those things. So, so one of the things I was quite kind of interested kind of coming out of that was obviously, again, in your career, you've specialized in, in helping to build businesses or building business for yourself. So scaling up businesses and scaling mm -hmm. up successfully, which is obviously something me, myself, you know, is always kind of looking to do. You know, what, what would you say the kind of most common challenges are that, that organizations kind of wrestle with when they're doing these types of things? Well, I think that most companies, when they start out, um, the founder or founders are typically, um, 
you know, the, the salespeople, they're the ones going out and getting the clients and, and basically proving that, um, that thesis that this product or service is in demand and they get a bunch of clients and they build to a certain level of revenue. And then what I've seen over and over again is they typically stall at that revenue level and they don't know how to get to, you know, let's say you get to $5 million as a software company. How do I get to, you know, 20 million and understanding that, um, you know, what got you to 5 million is not what's going to get you to 20 million and Mm -hmm. where I've had success. And and I had a mentor that uh, ran a big company that hit me over the head with this every day, uh, which is building, you have to build out business processes. Um, that way, you know, if something goes wrong, is it a mistake, um, that someone made, uh, and you can address it. And then that's a coaching opportunity, or is there a flaw in your business process? Mm. So, um, with my, with both my recruiting and my digital marketing company, I basically documented a process of how to do everything, you know, start to finish. And, And you yourself did that. Like, I, so it's not like you didn't outsource that to the HR manager. No. You you wanted to know it for yourself. Yeah, because I, when I started my recruiting company, um, you know, a lot of it was intuitive to me. And uh, then I started hiring people as we scaled. And I realized they couldn't bill at the same level that I was billing at. And I started to, I took a step back and said, well, why is that? And then I started analyzing how they were doing things versus how I was doing things. And then once I created that process um, and essentially handed it to all the other people that were working for me, and they started following it. That's when things really took off. Hmm. And with, uh, with my digital marketing company, we, I built out a 1500 step process um, wow. for how do we. So 1500 digital- steps or 1500 words, Matt? 1500 steps. Wow. <laughs> um, and the thing is, is that it was all in my head. I knew how okay. to do it, but being able to then relate that to people that work for you uh, is really the biggest barrier. And so I locked myself in a room for four days, basically 12 hours a day and created this process map um, mm. that then I could break down into smaller chunks and share with my team. So we had web developers, we had writers, we had social media people, um, you know, and all of them had their own unique role in each step of the process. Mm-hmm. And once we documented it, it became very simple to then add more people, add more clients, because it was very scalable at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it allowed you to to have that basis to to kind of build on, as it were. Right. Yeah, and and for yourself, then you know, that, that's in some ways that's kind of diff. That, that's a, an interesting point, right? Because you know, in some ways that's different to quite a lot of other leaders. You know, it's almost, it's almost like a scientific thing there. You know, this is, this is the science, you know, this follow this, you know, the only thing I would kind of link that to, and obviously it's a different level of business is, you know, you always think about that McDonald's thing. This is how to make a Big Mac, right? You don't, yeah. don't make a Big Mac any other way. It yeah. has to always be like this wherever you are in the world. And like, I guess it's linking into that, isn't it? You know? Well, what I tried to do is basically, uh, I'm, I'm very analytical. Um, hmm. And I tried to use data to then support the process. Mm. And even people that worked for me that weren't into looking at data started looking at data. 
um, which was incredible because it gave you instant feedback. And so even in my recruiting business, we had um, a tool that we created, which basically would um, give us a probability of someone being placed at a company um, and the probability of revenue. And hmm. once my once my recruiters start, that sounds great. At that, I, I I could do I could do with that. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> please sell it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have turned that into a business. That, that sounds like was, a brilliant tool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was working. Let's on get a, that. Was, was, let's get that one out of the cupboard now, yeah. Matt. Yeah. yeah, I was working on another business at the time, which uh, took hmm. priority. But um, but yeah, once you once you build out those processes, things go a lot smoother. And 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 then how then you know what you were doing there is identifying challenges, I, I guess, you know, this is how you deal with these particular challenges. And I guess that, you know, said about that 1500 step program, but then how did you, as you grew the business, then how would you then get people to believe in this? That this is the Bible. This is what you do. You know, how, how do you make it like the McDonald's thing? This is the only way to make a Big Mac, right? You know, I think that links into things like business rules, which are quite important in our business and something that mm -hmm. I'm, you know, dealing with at the moment as we look to like, react to different eco economic pressures, et cetera, et cetera, is what, what would you say the best ways of making sure this is the Bible that people do care and do follow? Mm -hmm. I think it's important to say this is the Bible, but you know, it's not necessarily correct. And I really yeah. empowered people to question everything that we did. Okay. Um, and we also had very unique ways. Like I said, basically when something went wrong, we could boil it down to one of two things. Someone made mm -hmm. a mistake or there was a problem with their process. So when something mm -hmm. went wrong, if someone made a mistake, we, we would actually always celebrate their first mistake. We okay. would have, yep. you know, we, you know, we'd have a pizza party or something <laughs> like that because we depending on how big the mistake was there Matt I'm sure. well yeah that's <laughs> there's there's different kinds of mistakes <laughs> yeah, that's right. but if it was uh if, if it was something that was a learning experience uh I didn't want people to be afraid to make mistakes and mm. break things and question things um so we used to have weekly meetings where I'd come in and say okay you know any you know new ideas anything that went right went wrong let's talk about them and if it, there was a better way of doing something, um, everyone had the opportunity to contribute uh, as long mm -hmm. as you could back it up with data uh, of how to make things better. Uh, so there was never like, this is the only way to do it. Uh, it yeah, was, yeah. here's here's the road. Uh, we might be better off taking a left here. Um, yeah. And it's a kind of work, and, a working document then that people right. feel empowered by, as opposed to restricted by, I guess, because that was, that would be one of the things you'd, you'd say is, is this restrictive? But I guess kind of thinking about right. that is, is different, you know, it's how you present it, I guess. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and if you create a culture where people feel like they can really make a difference, mm -hmm. um, it's amazing the output you can get from them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, taking that forward, you know, um, and you think about, you know, your, the, what you've done, you know, how, how would you then, what would it be the key pieces of advice that you would kind of give to, to business leaders that want to kind of follow, you know, we all want to follow that, you know, how, how do I get a business to scale and then manage to get someone to kind of invest in it? You know, what, what would be the key piece of advice you would, you would talk about that? Well, number one, document your processes. Um, yep. if, if you have that, then you have a scalable 
sellable business. Hmm. Um, because if you, ask a lot, <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, you, yeah. if you ask a lot of entrepreneurs what their goal is, you know, everyone has the dream of selling their company uh, hmm. to someone for, you know, a billion dollars and, and hmm. uh, retiring somewhere hot. Yeah. Um, the reality is, is that you have to think about, well, why would someone want to buy your business? And even if that's hmm. not your ultimate goal, you know, if someone was to come in today and you were to say, here's why you want to buy my business, it is, you know, here's what our, you know, here's what we're really good at. Here's where we think we can get to. Here are all of our documented business processes that would be easy for another company to come in and just simply follow and maybe take it to greater scale because they have more funding, more people, whatever it might be. But how, and then when you do that, you'll get your company to that next level. And then you can decide, you know, what the, what the best step is. But most of what I've done in my career uh, is help companies scale by creating those processes for them, whether that yeah. be how to hire better, how to manage better, um, how to market better, how to sell better. It's all about creating, you know, a repeatable process um, that, you know, when I'm long gone, it can still um, grow the business. And, you know, you've, you've obviously worked in the technology industry, you've worked as an mm -hmm. advisor, you've worked as a CEO, you know, and you've seen different innovations. So, so what is your, you know, what has been your kind of reaction and how have you integrated innovations into your, your processes? Because I, I guess when we're talking about having this step to process, what you're also looking is how can I make this process more efficient, right? Right. I mean, yeah. I'm all about efficiency. Uh, I don't mm. like to spend money unless I have to. Um, yeah. And I mean, the, the I, I would say the biggest example would be how I scaled my recruiting, pro, uh, my recruiting business. Mm. Um, you know, we right away, the focus was on how do we get people to come to us? So yeah. we built out of this inbound marketing engine um, that helped us uh, grow at 3000% uh, through the financial crisis. Mm -hmm. um, we were on Profit Magazine's Hot 50 list as one of the fastest growing companies. And people asked me, well, how did you grow so fast? And it's because we built out a process for how we market our solutions online. How do we mm -hmm. leverage content and social media? How do we maximize the efficiency of our, uh, of our website? So that mm -hmm. we were generating we we're generating about 150 new leads a month for our recruiting business. And these weren't, yeah. these weren't, you know, someone just saying, maybe I'm interested. These are people saying, I need to talk to you today. Yeah. yeah. And just, um, just so if people don't know, um, because they're not in the recruitment industry, I promise you that's right. really, really good. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That doesn't happen in the GCS world. I can tell you, I have to work hard yeah. for those things. So, yeah. Well, and, and the best story I have is, mm. you know, my phone rang one day and I picked it up and it was the uh, vice president of sales for Apple in Cupertino, mm. California. Yeah. And he said, I was on your website. I read a, a couple of your blogs and some of your white papers. Uh, I'm going to have my legal team send you a contract and then we'll start working together. Wow. And, and that's how I started working with Apple. Um, mm. be, but it was all the work in the business processes that allowed us to get to that point. And ultimately, when I sold that business, what they really bought was the engine that I created, right? And the brand, mm -hmm. um, because they tried to replicate what we had done for years and 
and finally just said, well, if you can't beat them, buy them. Wow, fantastic. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing that's interesting about that is obviously, you know, alongside the recruitment business, you're able to create that kind of digital marketing business as well. So, you know, well, that, that was, that's that, exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Once we were once we were on that that hot 50 list, I had recruiting clients saying, well, can you do that for us? And then I had yeah. to create a basically it became very simple because I had already built out the processes. Now we just had to tweak them a little bit for how do we do it for another company? Um, and once we did that, that business scaled even faster. And that's what kind of precipitated me selling the recruiting business um, because that, that business was growing so quickly. Well, um, I mean, just, you know, personal questions, you obviously you've, you've had those successes and I'm assuming, you know, probably those, those, those things that have happened have allowed you to, to, to have a good life. What, what now, what now drives you? You know, because you're, not, you're obviously not the sort of person that's like, cool, yeah, that's it. I, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. sit back and then go and live in somewhere hot, that sort of thing. So, so what, what, what now drives you? Basically the same thing that's always driven me. Um, mm. You know, I look at a lot of companies, like the company I'm working for now, their mm. issue was cash is dwindling. There's yeah. Here's an industry that's exploding with cash. How yeah. do we take advantage of that? Um, and there's going to be something else that comes along that, will be the same thing. Um, so just, just to stop you there. So this is just, mm -hmm. uh, obviously that's really interesting. So if you go into like a, a cannabis dispensary, could you not use Apple pay then? So they can't take your, you have to take your payment in cash. Yeah. They have to take it in cash. Visa, MasterCard, yeah. everything's illegal. Um, you can't <laughs> use interact debit, anything. Now in Canada, it's very different, but mm. in the U S it's 90% uh, of the transactions are done in cash. Well, uh, there yeah. are some companies that are taking payments, but that's a very dangerous game to play. Um, well, yeah. and, okay. and a lot so, yeah. of things are getting <laughs> shut down. So to get back to the, the, the yeah. more kind of, I was just, I was just fascinated by it. It's great. It's, it's an interesting, it's like an industry growing in front of your very eyes, isn't it? And that's, that's right. And yeah. I think that it, that kind of answers your question, which is mm. really, I, you know, like getting up, a, you know, in the morning and, uh, being presented with a challenge that no one really has an answer for. Yeah. And, you know, when I tell my kids what I do for a living, I always say I connect dots. So mm. I try to, you know, see a problem that no one really has a solution for. And how do I connect the dots to bring it together and create that solution? And mm. uh, that's essentially what I've done over the last 18 months. And um, what I've done basically my whole career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, for you kind of looking forward now, you know, for, for this business and the kind of role you're in, you know, the kind of industry you're in, I guess now, but what, what are your kind of key priorities, you know, as a leader of this business? Really just um, making sure that we're ef efficient with our time. We have a very small team. Um, and part of the reason we have a small team is because we are efficient. Um, we need to be leveraging and building out some more processes. Now that we've identified truly what the sweet spot is, we have to then build out the process for how do we deal with a, a community bank, um, a, a credit union, because again, state by state, it's very different. Yeah. So we have to say, okay, now who are all the players? How do we basically roll this solution out? And a lot of the, a lot of the banks were looking for someone to kind of bring all the pieces together. And so yeah. we've done that now. We've 
replicated that from multiple banks and now it's just getting in front of more banks and showing them how to do it yeah yeah the how to kind of yeah how to kind of interact with this and do it legally right. and you know in, in a mm-hmm. compliant way so that you know everyone everyone says the right side of the law if you know what i mean yes and um, i always and, state i'm not a lawyer so don't yeah, ask yeah. me for the legal <laughs> advice right, yeah. so as you're as you're doing this now, and like you talked about the processes, would you then now be trying to build in and bring in some of your experiences from, you know, potentially the kind of the, the digital marketing? You know, it, uh, do you have competitors out there, like other companies that are doing this? So, obviously, you've got to try and present the best service, but also you've got to um, look at how to stay ahead of the game. Yes. I mean, the one nice thing about the company I'm working for, they were a client of my digital marketing business. So uh, we already have a bit of a head start because we're generating, um, you know, about 10,000 unique visits a month to uh, to our site. Um, but I use kind of the processes uh, from my recruiting business to bring on a new mm-hmm. account executive. Um, we'll be building and we'll be leveraging things like, you know, the new AI technology that's come out. Um, we had chat, uh, GPT write a number of blogs for us that were incredible, uh, that we'll be publishing. So it's always about what's next. How can we stay ahead? Um, who's coming, you know, there's lots of, uh, software programs that you can track what competitors are doing online. Uh, fortunately in this industry, it's relatively uh, little, uh, which mm-hmm. gives us a huge competitive advantage and gives us a you know a, a runway over some of the bigger op, uh, bigger companies that can't um, go after this yeah. space because of the the laws. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's really really interesting. And so you just mentioned that ChatGPT, and we're obviously on the kind of innovation side. You know, what you're obviously someone that thinks about the process. So how are you? You know, have you now put that into your process? Do you think it's a, a game changer? Is it a yeah. yeah, I'm not entirely sure myself, you know, I'm, maybe I'm a bit of a philistine, but I don't know. Well, it's interesting. I wrote an article for Forbes. I actually was just rereading it this week. Um, I guess in end of 2017, I wrote it about mm-hmm. how uh, artificial intelligence was going to eliminate millions of sales jobs. And, you know, at the time, um, I didn't even know how. Um, how they were going to, but I just knew there were a lot of lower level sales jobs that were going to be affected because, you know, just automated, you know, um, uh, outreach on whether it's LinkedIn or email, there's a lot of automation that was already taking place. And I just knew it was a matter of time before AI optimized that. Mm. And now after playing around with, um, uh, with open AI's platform, um, I haven't a hundred percent figured it out, but I found a number of uses, um, mm-hmm. that can certainly help me. I have some friends that are CFOs of, of large, um, reinsurance companies, real estate companies, and they're finding ways, uh, to use it, uh, for actuarial, uh, calculations mm-hmm. and, um, and looking up, you know, um, problems that they're identifying in, uh, whether it be tax or, uh, legal advice. So it's, mm. it's really interesting how people are starting to use it, but I, I, I'm not sure really how it's going to shape what I'm doing right now. Um, but I've found a couple of uses for it immediately, okay. which That's are true. saving a lot of time. Yeah. And I think, um, again, it's like putting it into the process, isn't it? You know, making sure that, yep. You know, you can help your process, make you more efficient. 
And uh, yeah, there is definitely something that we in our business are kind of looking at. Um, but like you said, I mean, you know, probably for me, the, the learn from me for this is to really get that process down. You know, this is how we do things, you know, and, yes. and, and get that right. You know, and, uh, you know, there's, a, there's some homework for me there. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and it's actually interesting you say that because mm. if you're looking to hire employees mm. and you say to them, I have a process for doing this, uh, it makes mm. you more attractive as a, uh, as yeah, a potential employer yeah. as well. We very much know that within the companies that we work with, you know, the ones that seem well organized and they're able to build people's careers and you know, right. push things forward together are the ones that generally people kind of go for, whereas the ones that are right. a bit haphazard and don't seem to have a plan and don't seem to have vision are the ones that people generally don't. So, yeah, yeah. then I think it's it's been it's been a very very interesting conversation myself as well, Matt. So, so I think you know. My last question for you really is, you know, we're, we're talking there about, you know, um, how to progress and how to kind of scale and how to kind of build these, these businesses. You know, the, my last question for you is really, you know, how, how, how do you kind of, you know, deal with, you know, the fact that that's going to kind of happen, you know, and, and you're kind of working towards that. You know, again, this is for people that may be looking to do this. And maybe sometimes it doesn't happen, you know, and maybe sometimes, you know, you're, you're working towards this and there's that disappointment element or, you know, you, you have to do these things because this is happening. You know, how do you kind of, there's a kind of two speed thing that happens sometimes. So how, how do you deal with that? Because I think that's, that's sometimes something that people struggle with. Yeah. And I, th I think, um, you know, a lot of the companies that I've, you know, worked with uh, in the past, um, they, they do kind of get frozen a little bit, a little bit of, the, you know, kind of the deer in the headlights where they, mm -hmm. they don't know. And, you know, as long as you don't take big risks, um, mm -hmm. you know, that could put the, the business in jeopardy, um, trying something different, uh, is you, you always have to be, you always have to be thinking a little bit different. And there are yeah. some people that, you know, they think they want to scale their business, but it could be mm -hmm. a very good um, you know, lifestyle business and yeah, there's no yeah. need for it and you don't really need to, um, mm. and you might be perfectly happy and that's fine. I think we, we talk way too much in the business world about how everything has to be, you know, a billion dollar valuation. And yeah, I know, a, I know a lot of very successful, wealthy people that you've never heard of and you never will, um, but yeah. they're living <laughs> a pretty good life. Yeah, because yeah, you know, ten million dollar valuation. If that's you own that valuation, then that's that's just as yeah. good, isn't it? Really, in some ways. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. Um, okay, so you know, Matt, it's been really, really interesting today. I really like appreciate taking your time. You know, and, oh, thanks for having you know, me. Just some of the real kind of like interesting stuff. I, I, I watched your, uh, I watched, watched the company with interest now to to see how you're kind of growing alongside the industry. Um. And I think, uh, you know, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for, for your insights. So. Thank you, David. Mm -hmm.